we wouldn't have a breath to breathe or an eye to blink without Him. He is everything. There is nothing else going on. There's nothing else going on. Once we know that, we'll start paying attention. Lord Jesus, we thank you for saving us, for delivering us, and then filling us with the Holy Ghost. And then opening up God's good plan for our life. And bringing things in and taking stuff out, maneuvering and turning. And oh, we're at the right place at the right time. Lord, we are surrounded by the angels. We cannot fail. We cannot fail. You will not deny yourself and we cannot fail. So, Lord, we gather in this place to celebrate the King of Kings. And we come into this place to be with the saints because two is better than one. We come into this place, oh, Lord, for you to feed us, to encourage us so that we'll always win in every single battle. And we give you thanks, Lord, for being here with us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, if y'all can stand it, you can sit down. Hallelujah. The pastor, pastor said I had to, I had till 8.00. So I'm NASCAR tonight. <laughs> I'm Michael Billings. I'm from River Church in Tuscaloosa. This is my sweet wife, Deborah Ann. And this is her daughter, Wendy. Uh, Rebecca, and we have come, and then uh, Big Britches is back in the nursery. Hallelujah. So we're going to let him stay back there until the, bo- until the monitor comes on, then pastor's going back. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Well, I don't have much time, but I, I, what I want to do tonight, I, I practically ask if I could come tonight, uh, because we haven't had Wednesday night church at our service all of July and August, because uh, we have got a new property and we have just been, we moved in with the Nazarene Church, the South Tuscaloosa Church of the Nazarene. And they, they only meet in their chapel and they had all this other room. And so we said, could we? And they said, we, you should. So we did. And, uh, it's, we actually moved in and said, we'll pay all the utilities, which is what we were paying at the other place plus rent. So it was just a great deal. Jesus is helping us so much. So I wasn't doing anything tonight and I wanted to come over and be with y'all. Now, that's the truth. It's not, I'm not exalting me, but I want to add to what pastor has. This is my best friend in the, in the non-marital sense. And so, uh, I always, he always helps me. He's helped me. He's pulled me out. He's, he's pulled on. Yes, he has. So I always want to be a blessing to him. So I asked if I could come and he, uh, he, after $20, he said I could. Praise God. <laughs> so, you know, you do what you got to do to get a place to preach. Hallelujah. So let's go right to it tonight because I, I know you've come for the word. And uh, well, let's go to Matthew chapter 14. Now, I am understanding the kingdom uh, better and better all the time, just like you are. And I wish I had some years back to have a redo, to have a jerky back where you could uh, go back and do some things over. I understand that church is an anomaly to a lot of people. And it may be even to you because you may have been like I was. I went to high school and I sat through a lot of classes that I said in the class, I will never use this mess. This is not going to help my life, but I was stuck. I had parents that, you know, had control over my life and all that. And then I went to college and all that sort of stuff. Well, I was really bored with that. I went to a calculus class and after the first serve, after the first, uh, lesson or whatever he did, he said, now that's review. Next week we're going to get into it. And I didn't understand. It was Greek and Arabic and all that. So I dropped, I've been to a lot of classes where it was useless to be there. And people have equated that to church. They've said, you know, I, I got better things to do. Well, in some churches, that's absolutely true. 
If you're going to get doubt and unbelief poured in, if you're going to get somebody to affirm what you already know, that the world's crazy, the devil's big, you know, and all that sort of stuff. But that's not the case here. And so wisdom has to prevail. Discretion has to watch over us. We have to know. I've been burned. I've been, I've been in a car wreck, but I keep driving. I've been, you know, I took a bad, I got the uh, food poisoning one time, but you know, I've already been back to that restaurant and just tanked up. So we're all that way. We cannot, you know, we all have a story. Does anybody have a story in here? Some preacher, some elder, some Christian, some doodle dog just came into our life and wrecked everything and we want to quit God. But Jesus never did flinch. He was good all the way. So we have to, we have to say, I need input in my life. I got to have something. I, I can't make it on my own. I've seen all of y'all. I've seen all of me. I'm not that good by myself. I've road tested me and it didn't turn out that well. And I've had good people come into my life and change everything. And you just got so many years. I'm 65. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm halfway almost. Ha- yeah, I'm right at halfway, I guess. But anyway, I want to do better. And so I know y'all do. So just because you've been burned doesn't mean this is a place to get scorched. It may not be, you know, I've gone home before and said, you know, I somehow I just didn't connect with that. But it's just this hand. I usually get it. And pastor, I've been with him a long time. He gets it. And even if you catch him on and off or this or that, and it, he, you know, or whatever, and because it's not usually him anyway, it's always something else, you know. It could be us that missed it. You know, when we say, well, church wasn't much tonight, well, it could be that you wasn't much tonight. But anyway, we, we just have to say, well, the Lord, I connected with him and something happened tonight that's going to be worth my time because I cannot, I can't out, out give God. So in Matthew chapter 14, let's, let's get this, let's get the kingdom indexed. This is all we want to do is index the kingdom. I'm not going to tell you to wear your skirt, skirt lower or your, your, nobody wants to talk about sin. You know what sin is. I know what sin is. I'm telling you yesterday I sinned. I told Deborah about it today. We had this big project. I had $300 worth of knick-knacky stuff to take back to Lowe's. That's a lot of little doorknobs. And I was in the line, and we got to the last thing, and I gave her a six-hook metal uh, doodle dog thing about that long. And it didn't have screws in it, and it didn't have a, a, a code. And she said, did this have screws with it? And I was tired. And I said this, I said, I don't know. Well, that's a lie straight up. That was just, that was just a lie. I knew it had screws. Do y'all know that all that stuff comes with screws? Of course we do. And I caught myself in a big ball face lie. Now, it didn't hurt anybody. I took it. I said, ah, no, no code here. Let's put this back in. I'll, I'll put that in my garage. But I, I left that place upset with me because I had sold out for my time, for my convenience. I had told her, I don't know if it because she's going to say, if it doesn't have screws, we can't take it. And I was wanting to be done. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And, you know, it, doesn't bother, it didn't bother anybody. Lowe's didn't get burned. Uh, she didn't get burned. I didn't get burned. But I sold out for just a little convenience. And I was M-A-D at me. We got a high bar in the Lord Jesus. And just because the world's selling cheap, we never will. Because we paid a big price to get to this day and to be in this way. Big price. Anybody paid a big price? I mean, just over and over. Tens of thousands of dollars of giving and hours and hours and just praying and believing God and standing in the gap and putting on and putting off and just resisting. 
you can't throw away today because you've got your whole life in today. And you cannot quit. Because it's like everything. The best is yet. You don't cash in until the stuff's done. They don't pay you for the job until you've put the last brick in. And that's the way the kingdom is. So it says here in chapter 14 of Matthew, I love this story. Verse 24, you know it so well, but we'll read a few verses. It said, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea. Well, how was the ship? It was tossed with waves for the wind was contrary. Notice that everybody, everybody's in the boat and, and we're having a hard, having a hard row. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. Wow. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway, here comes the answer, but straightway Jesus spake to them, saying, Be of good cheer, cheer up, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. Well, you know what happened. It was him. Peter said, If it's you, bid me come. What could he do? So what did he say? Come. There was faith in those words. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, well, how many of y'all remember that back in 424, the wind was already boisterous? This wasn't a new thing. We've always said it or played it or preached it like something came up, but it was always there. He just didn't see it because he was in faith. Suddenly, he wasn't in faith. Y'all know what's going on when you're not in faith? Everything's big. The boogeyman is in the room. He was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand, caught him and said to him, O thou little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Well, hallelujah. You'd think, and I would, that Peter would get a break. You'd think that because of the 11 boys still in the boat, playing it safe, wimpy, 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 that Peter would get an attaboy. That's what I'd think. Get a, you didn't go all the way, but doggone you got out of the boat and you get an attaboy. And Jesus said, we have a bar around here. We have a place of excellence around here. You've been with me. You know what we do. We walk all the way. We do not quit. And boy, you quit. Wasn't much better than if you didn't get out of the boat, if you wasn't going to go all the way. Y'all hear the message of the word of God tonight into your hearts. Okay, so he said, oh, you have little faith, a puny faith, a little faith. So he got in trouble. I want to talk to you tonight about being a water walker. I know that's a common term, and you'll never be a water worker, walker because you can't ask Jesus, if that be thou, bid me come. And probably nobody else is going to be inspiring enough to you walking on the water to ever say that. So likely you'll never literally be a water walker because we don't have scripture for it. The reason he walked on the water is because Jesus said, come. Are y'all hearing me? So, uh, but that's irrelevant. The term water walker means mountain mover or, or whatever, whatever the other terms in the Bible are. I want to be a water walker. And, and at River Church, we've come to the place, just like y'all, where we moved out of the nursery. And what I mean is, is that uh, our people are strong enough to get anybody born again. Can you say Amen. They come in here and pastor says, uh, I want you to get him born again. Looks at, looks at, uh, Michelle, but looks, looks at, uh, uh, Matt and says, take Doodle Doo over there and get him born again. It'll happen. 
Did y'all hear me? It'll happen. Because everybody knows there. And then he'll say, hey, you go over there and get him filled with the Holy Ghost. Boom. He's speaking in tongues. You go over there and get him healed. No problem. We got this down. We know what we're doing. So we're all water walkers now. So we're not talking about little stuff that just, you know, point your finger and say, now quit doing that. And y'all do good and quit doing bad. That's what you get at every church. I've asked all the people that cut my hair and do my lawn. And they say, yeah, I go to church. What does your preacher preach? Well, he says, don't, don't be bad. Do good. Do the best you can. And maybe it'll turn out okay. That's, that is the script. Well, how many of y'all know you'd have excuse not to go to church if that was the script every week? But that's not so here. We're water walkers. Point yourself and say it. I am a water walker. That's who you are. We're not getting born again around here. We're not getting encouraged to not backslide or to go over the hill. We're not trying to maintain or to keep our place or hold on or survive or cope. We're not, that's not who we are. That's who they are because they have no power, but that's not who we are. That's not the investment here at Grace Life. Our investment is to take the land. And so the word says clearly in Ephesians 4 that pastors are to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying, the building up, the increase of the body of Christ. That's his job. His job is not another job. It is our job as the church to do what he equips us to do. <laughs> Y'all help me. The clock's ticking. I don't want to go over, but uh, that is it. So um, I've, I came to the conclusion in, in my, the, my studies here that to be a water walker, you had to have the exponential in your life, the exponential. And I heard that word from him. He said, I want you to live in the exponential. Well, I knew what an exponential was. It's like 10 to the fifth power. The, the five is the exponential. But I didn't know what it meant. It just it meant increase. So I looked up exponential. It means literally growing or rising or increasing very rapidly or greatly. Let me read it again. Growing or rising or increasing very rapidly or greatly. Well, does that, does that sound like what we ought to be doing? It sounds supernatural. It, it doesn't sound like what you're getting down at first church. It doesn't sound like what you got down when you was growing up, but it sounds like water walking that, that Peter was in a moment of time enthused, encouraged to put the thing to the Lord Jesus. In other words, the Lord did, Jesus didn't say, anybody in there want to walk on the water? That's not how it came. Peter said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come. Now, you always got to wonder that if he would have sunk if the other 11, or if just Matthew, or if just Thomas, or just anybody else would have got out with him. Do you think that Peter might have made it if somebody else had got out with him? I'd say there's a high likelihood. If anybody had gone with him, two is better than one. But nobody did. And so he bombed out and got whooped a little bit. But, you know, it's kind of like the astronaut that landed on the moon. Nobody can say they've done what I've done. And Peter was the man. Nobody's ever recorded walking on the water after that. Pretty cool. So this is what the Lord told me last night. I pulled off into my office last night, and he said, he said the church persuades for the new birth. And I knew what he meant. When we talk to somebody on the job or at work or whatever, we don't tell them, oh, I get my bills paid. You ought to get saved. 
Oh, I get healed every time. You ought to get saved. No, we persuade them. We tell them about the wonderful uh, Lord Jesus that we serve and the comfort and the peace that he brings. We talk to them about a real hell. We talk to them about a wonderful heaven. We persuade them with all our might. Because if we don't persuade them and they don't have another event, they're going to that hell. Are y'all with me there? And so we persuade them. But when we're with believers, we're not persuading believers. And believers tend to get passe, especially if you're going down to, I won't say all those names, but down to First Church and Second Macedonian and, and Antioch and all the churches I passed coming over here. They're not trying to be, uh, they're not trying to persuade their people because they're all born again. Aren't they? What are they trying to, what are we trying to do? We're not trying to persuade you for the abundant life. We are called to demonstrate it. Point yourself and say it with me. Demonstrate it. We can't demonstrate heaven. I'm born again. You want to see some of that? What are you going to do? What are you going to do about, I'm born again. I'm, I'm going to demonstrate born again. You can't. You hadn't been to heaven. You didn't see it. You hadn't heard about it. But you know, if I demonstrate that given, it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. I can demonstrate that. So how do I know I'm going to heaven? Well, I, I don't. I've not been. We hadn't road tested that. Don't have any friends that road tested that. But if I road test, bring your ties into the storehouse, and he does open up the windows of heaven, I can road test that. I can road test, lay hands on the sick and they shall. I can road test that. And if I can believe that, and it's in here, then I have a confidence towards God that when I leave this earth, him and I are joining up. We're meeting at the, at the third mansion on 4th Street or where, wherever. You know, I have a confidence because of what I can demonstrate of that which I cannot. So how are you going to do that? Well, you can't just be moaning and groaning, divorcing at the same rate of the world, sick as everybody and, and broke as a, as, as Ned's cat, house cat. You can't, you can't be like the world and demonstrate. Just want you to let you know I'm spirit filled. I'm full of the Holy Ghost and the Word of God is my anchor. And I'm just like you. I, I, somehow somebody's going to see through that. Do y'all think? Yeah. We got to make it work. We got to make it work. You think that the last time you've been challenged is when somebody persuaded you to get born again? You think that was the last stop on the whistle that God's through? Yep, got him born again. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Where everybody's good, we're through. Ah, he, he. That was just the latch on the door. We're in now, and he has a high expectation. Let me tell you about Peter again. He said, "Oh, you of little faith that just walked on the water with your initiative." Oh, you of little faith. He's got a high demand on us. He didn't say, well, y'all got some attaboys going. You know, you, you, you've laid hands on a few folks and you've, you've uh, testified to me and you've baptized a few people in the Holy Ghost. That ought to be good enough. I don't think so. I think he's got a high demand on us because to whom is much is given, much is required. Say much. So much has been given. I'm, I'm testifying. I say, Lord Jesus, you've given me much. I, I want to tell him it, it's overflowing. I'm in good shape. But when I say that, then he's going to say, that's right, son. And I expect a, a little flow out. We got flow in. We need flow out. And he's not just sitting there saying, you know, that's good enough. Good enough. Probably work. 
Be, it'd be real nice if we compared you to First Church and Macedonian. He's not comparing to this, that, and the other. Now, I've often heard it that in places in Africa, you cannot pastor until you've raised someone from the dead. So, the standard may be the same everywhere, but if it is, we're not living by something that somebody else has been called to. So I'm just stirring you up tonight because that's what the Word says we're supposed to do, that we get worldly if we don't stay stirred up. If we don't come to church, we get worldly. If we don't read the Word, we get worldly. If we don't pray in the Holy Ghost, Shandai, we get worldly, and worldly doesn't do anything. Do you all know those worldly friends? Do you all see those beer cans coming over the fence every week <laughs> into your yard? Yeah, you do. Ecclesiastes says this, because the Bible is full of exponential living. And let me just go through a short little list of it, but you'll get the point. It says in Ecclesiastes 4, I read this to you last time I was here, it says in the Living Bible, two can accomplish more than twice than one. We're talking about exponential living, which is growing, rising, increasing rapidly and greatly. I need to. I've looked at my brethren that don't have the Holy Ghost, that aren't inspired, that just regular chokes. Church folks, it says, yes, bless God, I'm saved, and I'm someday we're going to go over the other side, live in the little cabin over on the hill, you know, just, just glad they're not going to hell. I've looked at them, and I need more than that in my life to run my course. Do y'all have somewhere that God's put a blueprint down in you and said, read this, do this? Oh, it's on all of us. The only reason Paul could say, I've run my race and finished my course is because he had that blueprint and he saw what God expected. It's not endless. It's not like, well, just if you're breathing, you got to do more. There is a finite and determined plan for your life. And when you get to the end of it, you're done. And Paul got to the end of it. He did what God called him to do. Brother Hagin wasn't called to do all the end time stuff and the, and he was called to teach my people faith. It was a predetermined course and it had parameters and he knew so much more than he preached. But his calling was, was defined and he stayed with it. So I have a calling. You have a calling where we got different callings. Mine's not better than yours. Pastor's isn't better than mine. It's just different. And there's a grace for every calling. And then there's a call. There's a demand on you to, that every day you got to get up and you got to chip off some of that thing that's standing before you and you got, you got to win. So, uh, exponential living is living beyond natural law. It's, it's like, okay, everybody's doing natural law. They're going, they're, they're laying down their life on Monday morning and, and, uh, and picking it up on payday with little slips of green paper. You give, you gave the boss eight hours and he gave you $200 or whatever. So there's a natural exchange. Well, how, how, how's that working? How's that working towards my God shall supply all my needs? Sounds kind of natural. Sounds kind of like this could mess up. If I quit showing up or quit, he's not going to give any more little green pieces of paper. And it's going to be natural. So the Bible talks about living supernaturally. Say this with me. Point to yourself and say, I am a bona fide, certified water walker. Now, you got to put that in. You can't go by feelings. Do you feel spirit-filled tonight? Do you feel righteous tonight? Do you feel? I felt lower than the low when I told that girl. I don't know if there's any screws with this thing. 
Y'all may think that's picky, but if you can't get past that, if you're not convicted of that, what, what else is he going to give you to do? I had failed, but I came back because I repented with tears. I got rid of that thing. Y'all got any stuff you need to get rid of? Well, you may. You may not think it's important, but it's essential. It is the mainstay of your future to be clean and to be strong. You haven't got nothing else. Because I could show you a gazillion people that are living normal, natural lives. They're not happy. They don't have hope. They are sick. You know these people. And that's not who I want to be. Ecclesiastes 4.9 says, Two can accomplish more than twice than one. That's an exponential lifestyle. So we saw in, uh, uh, where is it, Deuteronomy 32, how could one chase a thousand and two put 10,000 to flight? Oh, that's an exponential lifestyle. Me, I can fend off a thousand, but what if 10,000 are coming? Right? So I need Elliot to come up and hook up with me and say, I'm with you, Michael. I'm in there. We. Mm-hmm. I need Deborah Ann to say, I'm with you, husband. I'm. Mm-hmm. And so 10,000 are coming. There's just two of us. We got it covered. That's an exponential life. How long does it take to recover from 9,000 running over you? Some people all their life. Some people never recover from a disaster, a crisis, a terrible thing. Losing a person in their life prematurely, young, or whatever. It just devastates people. You see them on TV. I'll never get over this. Those words seal their fate. We just have to say, that was a mistake. I messed up. I let that go. But bless God, I'm getting up and putting on the Lord Jesus, and we are marching through this thing. i got a long ways to go to run my race and finish my course. So there's a scripture in 2 Kings 2.9. Now listen to this. This is an exponential life. And when it, and it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said to Elisha, he said, boy, <laughs> ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. Y'all remember that scripture? The man of God's fixing to go. So his assistant, he talked to him. He said, you got one shot at this. You better get it right. And he had a faith answer. I'm going to tell you tonight, the exponential man has a faith answer for every question that God asks. Let me tell you, when, when Jesus was there, Peter had an answer. He said, Lord, did that be the, you? Bid me come. That's the most important thing he could have said. Well, don't you all wish we could have said that at various times? When we fumbled around and said, well, Lord, I just want to cope. I just want to just not be nervous anymore. I just want to pay my rent. No. You know, Solomon got asked that question. Ask me what you will, the Lord said. He said, I, I don't want wealth and I don't want honor. I just want wisdom to rule your people. And God got back to the man, the king, and said, you know, because you asked that right, I'm going to give you that wisdom, but I'm going to give you glory and I'm going to give you long life. I'm going to do everything you didn't ask. That's an exponential life. Wealthiest man that ever lived on the land. Uh, so I have a faith answer. So point yourself with me and say, have a faith answer. Always be full for when the Lord appears. It may not be him, likely he wouldn't, but somebody will come and say, uh, what can I do for you? Well, golly, I hadn't thought about that. 
You know, that ought not to be our life. We ought to be tuned in to the exponential. I'm believing God. I'm believing. Not, not, you know, we need our new, we need new carpet in the back bedroom. That's not the answer, is it? I'm believing God for this. Would you agree with me? Would you hook, since you offered, would you hook up with me? If pastor called you and said, you've been on my heart. What is it that you need Jesus to do for your life? You need to not have a hymn in the hall. You need to have a ready answer. It worked every time in the Bible, and it won't fail you now. Amen. So I love Ephesians 3.20. Let's talk about the exponential man there. Turn with me to Ephesians 3.20. This is the exponential man scripture. There are several, but we'll go there first because this is wild-eyed. This, this, you can't even touch this with your head. Oh, you know, we might could do that and pull that off. You know, my God supplies all my needs. But, you know, really, me and Mama, we're doing pretty good. We're doing pretty good. And, and they'll lay hands on the sick. Well, we don't, we don't take much and we don't go much to the doctor. We're doing pretty good. Ah, but you can't touch this, Ephesians 3.20. Because what does it say? Read it with me. It's in verse 20. Verse 20, ready, read. Now unto him that is able to do how? Exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us unto him be glory in the church. Amen. Now you can't get your head around that. You can dissect that and you should. You ought to, you ought to run you a study of this because every one of those four words, exceeding, you know what that means. Beyond the limits. Abundantly. That means overflow in every direction. We got lots of scriptures that talk about how God does abundantly. Exceeding abundantly above. More than anybody's ever. And then all. The word A-L-L means all of the singular and all of the total. It's, it's, it's the word all. It means all the all. Well, it might mean this. You know that scripture that's in 2 Corinthians 8, 9 that says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might be made rich. Well, that's spiritual riches, brother. But if you look it up, it means stuff. (laughs) It means money. It means accounts. It means, yeah. So you can't mess with this and get away with it. Look it up. Exceeding. This is the exponential man. This is me. This is pastor. This is you. The potential's right there. But you need a church that'll stand with you because this stuff is hard to, to, to get on the track. If you've been fed a bunch of doubt and unbelief all your religious life about God wants you poor and healing's just, you never, if you've been any of that, then it's hard to get on this track. But now that you're on the track, glory to God, we all found the truth. How are y'all here? You can trace this back and it's a supernatural trail that you cannot say, that was natural, well, that was ordinary, that was regular. It was supernatural how you got in this place and this man became your pastor. Don't deny it because you you just flat be like saying, I don't know if it had screws or not. Just saying. You know. So exceeding, that's the exponential man. I get up in the morning and exceeding is waiting on me. Well, I didn't see no exceeding yesterday. Well, you wasn't looking for it. You was looking for regular and 
all the time, and but I'm looking for exceeding because I, I need it. The blueprint says, we're going to take exceeding. For my life, it's going to take exceeding. I've been called to something exceeding, just like you. Abundantly, above, and then you put that all on there. Everything, every excuse. You know that old lie that says that those people, those little people, the ones that were in the boat, they have a, they have a problem for every solution. Y'all know those people? Don't ever let yourself slip where you make an excuse for not having exceeding abundantly above all. You can ask, think, imagine, or meditate. It cannot be, it cannot be that it ever came into your thought process. And God said, I did that. He wants to surprise you with his goodness and surprise you with his excessiveness. But we got the door shut. Slam that door shut. Ah, he's not getting in here. We're going to have ordinary. We want to have fun, and that God thing ain't that fun. It's the funnest thing I ever did in my life. I'm telling you, when I have to go back to regular with anybody, because <laughs> you get used to this. Let me, let, me, let me give you just a little dab more. We're on the edge here already. Uh, the Amplified says, Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose, and do super abundantly, far over and above all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. You can't get there in your mind. You've never even thought or seen what he has for you. You've never touched the hem of his garment concerning your future until you become the exponential man. Till you ask the Lord, can I go there? Can I get out of the boat and walk on the water like you? Can I do that, Lord? Can I do that? You know, this man thinks different. He thought different than the other 11. He dared to get out there. And Lord said, sure. It'll, be the, it'll change the kingdom. But the 11 boys that stayed in the boat, he just needed a little help. Obviously, he needed a little push. Y'all need a little push sometimes? I do. I need help. I get in the, you know, I don't want to tell you where I go. I don't go far, but I do veer off and think little. Well, I wonder if we could get a deal on that. Well, I wonder if we could afford that. I wonder if we could somehow... So I have to call somebody. I have, this is the one I call. And said, here's what I'm thinking. He said, shame on you. Bad, Pastor, bad. <laughs> so we straighten that all up. And Proverbs 28, 20, listen to this, listen to this. You've heard it a hundred times, but listen to this. The exponential man, he's a faithful man shall abound with blessings. Well, I didn't get much out of church, but you were faithful. And your sorry attitude, I mean, you're a... Uh, uh, a lackadaisical attitude may have been a part of the cause. It may have been that pastor was spot on. I can hardly tell you how many times I've gone home over this 38 years and, uh, and just, you know, shaking my head like, what was that? I studied, I prayed, I got it. And what was that? It flopped, it dropped, it just, I couldn't pull it together. And uh, my wife would, she would hold up her hand. She'd give me this. 
I knew what that meant. Top five. Top five of everything you've ever preached. I had no clue. And then sometimes I'd go home with the, with, you know, the, the happy wag and say, I nailed it. I nailed that service. She said, Oh, well, there's next week. <laughs> you don't know. You and I don't know. We need somebody to help us to have a exponential life. Ah, just me and Jesus. No, that's not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. Okay. Proverbs 28, 20 says, A faithful man shall abound with blessings. Listen, y'all, this is important. I got to go on, but you can mess it up. You can do it wrong. You can be on the wrong track. But if you're faithful, everything's fine. It just goes around a little further and it goes down a little dip and it goes over a little hill, but it gets you where you were always supposed to be. Be faithful. Well, I'm real busy. That is the mantra of every American. It, it means nothing. I'm breathing. Yeah. I'm busy. Yeah. Well, I've got responsibilities, but someday when we get the kids raised and we get, you know, the farm paid off and we everything, we're all, let me tell you, I've been down that and there's just a whole new set of things that come in that grab your money. It's called grandkids. It's called, it, there, there is no slack season. Everybody thinks if I just get the kids out of college, if I just get this bill paid off, it's going, nope, it's going to take faith at every stage of your life. And you won't have more when the bills get less because it was your faith that was bringing in the money, bringing in the time for those bills, for that project. And when you don't have that project, you won't have that faith and it'll be just the same as it was. Trust me, that's the wisest thing I've told you tonight. You, you don't have a, a, a retirement future. Yay. Amen. Well, it also, then it goes on and says, he that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. What does that mean? So I looked up the word innocent. It means not cut off. So he that maketh haste to be rich. In other words, he's busy all the time making money. Did I say that right? He shall not be cut off. He shall not not be cut off. In other words, dead end. Dead end. Hasting to make rich. Looks so good up here, but there's nothing about it that's exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think. Everybody's doing it and nobody's doing it well. You, you know, these young high schoolers and stuff, they see Michael Jordan and whoever else is out there and they go, ah, I'm going to be one of him and I'm going to make 20 million. Gosh, it's such a small percentage. It's just a disservice to them to let them spend their lives hoping for that when that's not where God's leading them. Say blueprint. blueprint. Say it again. Blueprint. blueprint. We have no plan but His plan. Our only plan is to find His plan. We have no other agenda except to find His plan because when we find His plan, there'll be a grace for His plan and life will be easy. Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My plan is easy. My blueprint is easy. And my burden is pretty sure enough easy to get down the road. I want that. I've been down to the hoe all day and drag pipe around and work and then not have anything at the end of the week. I've been there more than I haven't. And you know, well, when I get a better job and when I get my education and when we get junior out of school and all that, it, it makes no difference. It's faith that puts you over.
Well, let me go on. I got to get here. Acts 8, 39. I'll just read it to you. I read it to you last time, I think. When they were coming out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught uh, away Philip. Y'all remember this? Uh, he was baptized in the eunuch, got him, got him saved, and, and it says, uh, when they were coming out of the water baptizing, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip that the eunuch saw him no more, caught Philip away, and he saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus, and he preached in all the cities. Now, that's the exponential man. Well, I had to drive down to Mobile today. Boy, how long did that take? Well, it took all day. By the time we tooled up, fueled up, and, and put it together, and ate on the way, it took all day. What if you'd have got there in 20 minutes? Well, I'd have had all day. Well, that's crazy. That's not possible. Exceeding, abundantly, above all you can ask, think, imagine, or meditate. Let the Word come in and say, not only is it possible, it's in the Word. You don't even have to have a Jesus Word that says, come. This one is real. Oh, I love that. The Word... uh Catch away is the same word we use for rapture. It's to seize, to catch away, to take by force. I want that. But you've got to be busy doing the things of the kingdom. Let's go on. Romans 8. Let's turn to Romans. You got, y'all got time for Romans? Oh, we're bearing down. That is the fastest clock. I tell you, it's got two AAA batteries in it. <laughs> they do that on purpose when I come. <laughs> Elliot, juice it. Okay, chapter 8, you know this. We're talking about what to do to have an exponential life. Say, I want it. it. Oh, come on. I want it. I want it. I I don't want to go to heaven. And the Lord said, oh, that was okay. It was average. It was okay. Some places wasn't even average. I got Baptists got more zip than y'all in this area. And I got Methodists. They are plowing the corn over here. So with the Holy Ghost and all your gifts and all the tongues, prayings, everything, hmm, it's okay. You know, that'd be the scariest thing you can think about. Because to whom much is given. And we didn't bring nothing. He says in Romans chapter 8, verse 26, he said, uh, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. You look in other versions, it means weaknesses, and it does. Uh, For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Well, now, that's a, that's a regular man. That's a natural man. You get up in the morning, and your day has got 40 hours worth of stuff in it, and you've just got 12 till supper time or whatever. And you say, what should we do first? What should we, how should we, where? Well, let's just throw our stuff on this particular end, and we'll see how it goes. Ah, the Word says that the exponential man that... Uh, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to what? To the blueprint. According to your blueprint. Not according to, you know, Dr. Doodad over in China that's got a clinic. He's, he's talking to Matt. He's talking to, to, to Kristen. He's talking to us about us. Saying, go here. But, but, wow. Then he says, then he says, oh, verse 28, and we know that all things work together. Exponential. 
We know that all things work together for good for those that love God and are the called according to His blueprint. Lord, I'm not trying to do Brother Doodaloo's job or ministry or whatever. I have downloaded what you have for me, Michael Ray, and I am on it. It looks like a little toe stuff, but what do I care? Everybody needs a little toe, so I'm, you know, I'd like to be the head or the, you know, the eyes or something's important, the mouth, but you know, I'm happy with little toe stuff. Just let me go feed the hungry. God, he said, if you'll pray in the Holy Ghost, you'll be an exponential man. Did you hear me? How oh, it's hard to be an exponential man. You gotta groan and suffer and carry on. No, just pray in the Holy Ghost. What are you doing listening to that station all day long in your radio anyway? That station, that doodle doodle doo station. Okay. We will Okay. Okay. So praying in tongues reveals the exponential. Say do it. Come on. Do it. I can do that. Some things I cannot do. I cannot cross every mountain and swim every sea, but I'm praying tongues. I can stay up with anybody. It says in Malachi, y'all know what Malachi talks about the exponential man. You got regular money, you got a regular job, you got regular needs, you got regular bills, you got regular hopes and dreams. We'd like to have a little camper over there on the lake. We'd like to have a little boat and reel in some little fish. He said, ah, you can't do that. You'll have to make payments. And they say the happiest day in a man's life is the day he buys a boat and when he sells a boat. <laughs> Two happy days. But if you, if, if you bring your tithe into the storehouse, exponential man, he will open those windows of heaven and pour out, pour out, the exponential God pours out the exponential supply, so, so much so that you can't even really see where to manage it. You just got to let some go by. That's the next mental man. It says in uh, Matthew 22. Y'all turn there. Ah, <laughs> oh, Y'all would stay with me till 8.04. I bet you, bet you, bet you. Because I got something here that's going to wind your clock. Now I got this scripture Sunday. I preached this part Sunday, and uh, I don't know if it went well or not. Uh, we'll see next Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, Twenty-two fourteen. Jesus is talking along and just you know just dealing with stuff and you know talking to him, and then out of the blue or wherever it was, he said in verse fourteen. He said, by the way, right now, I want you to know, for many are called, but few are chosen. That seems important. That seems like a kingdom principle to set the course of your life, that many are called. That's, that's something to do with heaven. That's something to do with the God. That's something to do with me and the kingdom under God. I like God. I want God to like me. I, I want to work for him. I'm proud that he's done so much for me. But he said, many are called. One version, I looked it up, it said in the TEV, many are invited, but few are chosen. And the Passion, y'all love the Passion version? It says, for everyone is invited to enter in, but few respond in excellence. Few respond in excellence. Lord, that put a little dent, that put a little spin on it that's not just like, okay, I showed up. What have you got for me? 
No, I showed up, Lord, I am. I've been here for an hour waiting for the, for, for duty. I, I'm in. That's a little different. He said, many are called, but few are chosen. Why are we not chosen? Chosen for the special and the precious and the worthy things of God. Y'all know he's got some things? Look in the Bible. There's precious things in here that people experienced that would go, whoa, that's, <laughs> if only we could. We can. The Virgin Mary was just tripping. She was just moving through. And all of a sudden, she was chosen. Amazing. Well, we're not chosen, I believe, because we're not qualified. I believe we're not chosen because we're not proven. The Word talks about proving yourself, proving your faith. And we're not chosen because we're not in agreement. We're not in agreement with maybe with God. Well, I don't believe that stuff. I don't believe that tongue stuff. I don't believe that healing business. I don't believe God wants anybody to be rich. He just wants to give it to everybody the same. And he's, you know, and just go on and on and on. You're not in agreement. You, 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 you're called, but you're not going to be chosen. When they get the Navy SEALs going, they put a hundred of the very best there is. And they line them up and they say, boys, it's fixing to be hell week. It's fixing to be tough. You're going to, you've never had a week like you're going to have or well, however long they go. And when it's done, 97 of them have rung out, going to the house. They're the best there is. They're still above everybody in the world except for those three. Ah, do you think it's different in the kingdom? Do you think God's just saying, I'm looking for a few good men. Everybody else can just go, you know, work at the variety store. I think he's called all of us. He invested, he found me and supernaturally found a way to get this Baptist boy filled with the Holy Ghost. And then I was in love with farming. I farmed for 10 years, would have farmed for a hundred, but he came on me. My little brother farms. My little brother was farming after me. He's a multimillionaire farming. I'm smarter than him. I'm prettier than him. I'm taller than, well, I'm not taller than him. <laughs> but anyway, ah, there's no reason why I shouldn't be a multimillionaire. But Jesus captured me. He put his plan in me and said, I want this. Will you choose me? I, I never hesitated. I left it all. I mean, I dropped it. I, like the fishermen left their boats and the nets, I walked away. It made my father so mad because he was, well, you know that story. So, uh, you know, here's what the Lord told me about uh, people that many are called and few are chosen. Because I don't want to be left out. You, you might say, uh, pretty lackadaisically, well, I'm, I'm doing real good. I'm better than these folks down the street and down better than my kinfolk. So I'm sure I'm chosen. Really? What is the call on your life? Articulate that for me in 30 words in 10 minutes. Tell me what he's, the blueprint on your life is. What are you called to do? What is the now part of your life that you know Jesus is saying, give me 20? If you can't do that, then you're just floating along. Did you start the call? <laughs> die, 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 die. Here's what he told me about that. He said, they require more than my word to believe my plan. Because it's in the book. Forsake not the assembling yourselves together. Love your pastor. Help your pastor. Help your fellow man. Find your ministry. Get the gifts of the Spirit. He said, when you come together, one of you has a tongue, one of you has a prophecy, one of you has 
one of you has. When all of you, all, we all have something. Well, the gifts of the Spirit are for the pastor. Really? You know that's not right. He wrote the book to Corinthians where the gifts of the Spirit are, but in verse chapter 3, he said, you are acting like children, mere men, mere men. And then he gave them the revelation of the gifts of the Spirit. I'd say we were all called to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. I think they're required. They're like, I came to fix your car. Well, where's your toolbox? Ah, oh, I got good fingers. No, you need a wrench. <laughs> well, we need a wrench, y'all. We need some tools to fix this. That's the gifts of the Spirit. Ha! Ah, ah, I got to get you healed. How am I going to do that? Well, we'll watch a video. No, we're not going to watch a video. We're going to get you healed right now. So, so he told me that they, they require more than my word to believe my plan. In other words, they can't just say, well, it's in the Bible, but that doesn't. They want it wrote on the wall. They want Jesus to come through the room. They want a prophet to say, thus saith God, you've been, you should go to Nigeria. You should go to Nepal. You should whatever. Then we just think about it. Require more than my word to obey my call. And it was stout on me. So I said, I'll deliver that. Start the car again. <laughs> Amen. So most of the body of Christ will not be trained without a detailed assignment in advance. Tell me what this is going to do for me. This is like me in calculus class. I don't need calculus where I'm going. We are dropping this class in the morning. Because <laughs> this man and me are not in sync. So well, I, I took a different class, like world geography or something, you know, because I wanted to graduate. <laughs> and here's, here's the thing he told me. They will not be trained without a detailed assignment. But then he said, I want to train everyone for every assignment. I've had some people in my church over the years. They just did it all. They were in children's church for a season, and we said, oh, we got to have you over here in, in uh, the sound booth. Because he, he's, sure, just, and they twirl the dials, and then they go back to the nursery, and they, and when you get through, they've, they've been on the soul winning team, they've been in the choir, help me Jesus, they've been everywhere, and when you get out, they get out, they're ready for anything. You just say, we got a problem, we'll send him. Do y'all think that sounds like the kingdom of God where Jesus is in charge and that he's, he's well aware of the needs and the, and the apportionment of the saints, the, his gifts and his callings? You think he's organized? Do you think he has a command of his kingdom and he knows where things should be to do what he wants it? Because he's got this end date of when he comes and we're all going to be out of here and it's not going to change. It's the same whether you like it or believe it or are ready for it. It's not like when he gets ready, he's going to come. It's already set. That date's already set. It could be in the morning. Could you make out my check tonight? <laughs> I'm not getting the check, but I just... Let that go. Praise God. <laughs> now, I say this all the time. The untrained man, it takes all of his life to live his life. There's nothing left over. It takes all of his life. Well, I got kids, and I got grass to cut, and I got bills to pay, and I got, we got this and got that, and we need, to get, we need a vacation. We need, it takes all of his life to live his life. You know it's not supposed to be that way. 
Back to that thing. They require more than my word to believe that my plan for them. So, two is better than one. Now, I'm not here to puff pastor. Y'all know. Y'all, y'all know the drill. But don't get slack. No. You need your pastor. Oh, well, I got one. Yeah, I got him. He, yeah, what's his middle name? I don't know. I don't, when's his birthday? I don't know. I, what does he like? Does he like spaghetti? I don't know. Oh, you don't have a pastor. You just have a 911. That's not the kind, that's, you don't want 911 living with you. So, two is better than one.